Live from the summit in Miami, Florida, the Gore presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Jim Bass and Lisa Sin. Today's topic, Delegation for Real Estate Agents. Minimize the micromanagement of your team. Because we have student after student who tells us, I don't have enough time in the day. Well, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I have this and this and this and this. Well, let's break it down and see what you're really, truly doing. And when they do it, they have no idea. And it's very um, enlightening. Absolutely. So as you guys do do a time track for a couple of weeks, um, at the end of kind of track, and then these are big rocks, right? This isn't every single thing you do. It's the big rocks, right? Like what I'll challenge my team and I'll challenge new team members. Once an hour, once an hour, the big rock. What consumed the majority of that hour, right? Just write it down. Not, not, you know, not, not be a freak about it. Just write down the, the big thing you did in that last hour. And you go through two weeks of this, like Lisa said. Then you go back through and you decide, was it a high dollar per hour activity? Like Lisa said, is it your hourly wage? If you're $250,000 a year, that's $125 an hour activity. If you're $500,000 a year earner, that's a $250 an hour activity, right? And you go through and you define, was it a listing appointment? Was it a meeting with a referral partner? Was it a buyer consultation? These are green. Are you showing property, right? Are you solving problems? These are green activities. These are money-making activities. So you green Sharpie, green highlight, I don't care what it is. And to Lisa's point, you will be shocked how much green is on a two-week time-blocked calendar compared to what should be green, right? So how do we get more green time? We leverage, we delegate, we minimize micromanaging by clear direction, right? So what does that look like? Whether we are hiring new people, whether we have RP1s that we need to do a little bit more, we're training them for new responsibilities, in the beginning, um, I think it was Steve Blanchard, One Minute Manager, did a great little read, thin little read, right? One Minute Manager on delegating with insurance. So if I'm training Ben on a new responsibility I need him to do with the team, I'm going to say, go do it, come show me. Great. Fix it if it's not right. Great. Hey, Ben, go do it again. Come back. Okay, good. Three days later, I need that, I need that task done again. Hey, Ben. Can you do this? Okay, great. Show me. All right, good. Three times usually for me, I'm done. Great. Hey, Ben, from now on, when we need entering in MLS listings, you've mastered that skill, we're good. So now I'm delegating without insurance. But in the beginning, you've got to audit, right? You've got to oversee. You've got to track. In the beginning, when I have new team members or as Lisa just said, we just audited ourselves with a time block schedule, uh, you know, looking at are we green or we red. I do this a quarter with my team. I want to see what is consuming their day. I do it with my team once a quarter. I do it with new employees for the first two weeks, sometimes a month, depending upon how they're progressing. And it's the first page in the Blue Beast is what? What's the first page on the Blue Beast? Tasks, to-do list, right? There's a block over on the side and there's a check mark on the left. I want them to write down. I want their 10 big rocks that they did for the first 
for the first day, first couple of weeks, especially for new employees. And then I want them to write how much time it was to the, to the right-hand side. How much time did they spend in email? Like, it'll tell you. It'll help. You don't have to be a great leader. It's kind of rocket scientist. I, I had this new, I had a, a new hire and she's really sharp. I was really impressed, really excited. She had an hour and 45 minutes to input a listing. I'm like, we got a problem here. And I brought her in and I brought the RP1 and I'm like, I mean, you're really good with the remarks, but I mean, come on. I mean, an hour and 45 minutes was a struggle. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing tongue in cheek with you guys. I was very serious with her, but I mean, it helps you identify where the problems are. And it also identifies some super efficiencies, right? I think for us as team leaders, we're always burdened with carrying the entire, carrying the whole, Kendra came to my site visit and she was like, oh my gosh, she, she literally kind of cried on the way out and said, I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of blown away. I just always feel like when I walk into the office, I, I got to carry the whole 800 pound gorilla. You're like, right? And then just, I, I got to do it all. I got to do it all. I got to do it all. Because what Lisa talked about earlier is trust and things like that. You know that we don't feel like we trust others. So we so we have to be better leaders at teaching them and showing them showing them the way. So delegating in, with insurance and the time block schedules are two major things for me uh, in the early stages that that have helped really minimize micromanaging. Lisa, any any big takeaways for you? Or any ahas that have helped you minimize new team member micromanaging things like that? Well, what I what I really love about you is that you're so good about teaching them and spot training them, correcting them, giving them feedback, and doing it again and repeating the process. Where my style is, hey, this is how you do it, and good luck. And that's not an effective way to delegate and to train people. And then I would get frustrated. I'll, I'll be real transparent with y'all. I just lost half of my team because I didn't know how to delegate. And initially, I blamed it on them because they were terrible employees who didn't know what they were doing. But ultimately, it came back to me not being clear and concise with how I wanted things done, which led to c- communication issues, frustrations. And then ultimately, it caused me to lose half my team. And so they say, uh, whenever you need to learn something, you need to teach it. And so I wish I would have taught this class a couple months ago because then I maybe would have my team together. But everything does happen for a reason. And I learned some really, really great lessons on how to delegate by going through in a really tough situation. Absolutely. So how, how, how much time do you think it takes to create a new habit? 21 days. I mean, a lot of times, right? You know, we, we have to think about that. A lot of times it's the best case seven, the worst case 21. I mean, it, it, it's, it's seven to 21 times to learn a new habit, right? And to Lisa's point, and she's no different, you know, I, I'm just old, so I've screwed up so many times. I've broken up my team. I brought it back together. There was a joke in my shop, and it was, and then there were three. I have a 22-year RP1 and a 26-year RP2. And when times would get rough or I would get rough, and then there would be three, right? So it's kind of crazy. So um, we have to do that. How good do they have to be at the task, like in a, in a percentage basis, would you say? I would say if they can do the task about 80% of what you can do it, then you're able to delegate to them. 
And then something to note, too, is that we can't delegate tasks that they're not capable of doing. So a lot of times we give them too much or don't even realize what's on their plate, and we're just like, hey, here you go. Good luck. And um, we don't take that into consideration, which can cause a lot of problems as well. You heard Rick talk about one of his big closes. And in the worst case, unfortunately, I think in this type of a shifting market, we're going to have to call the audible at times. And it's, it's one of the what we call lower the bar close. Um, and I think you need to really lower the bar right out of the gate with new employees, right? If they can do it, 80% is good as we can do it. That's a home run. That's as good as it's going to get. If there's, they're at 100% as good as we are, what's going to happen? They're us. There they go. I've watched in 30 years. I'm almost 30 years in the business. I've watched it. I've watched it, right? My, my, my brokerage partner, he was doing 350 units a year back in the 90s. And he got too diluted, wasn't a great team leader, was a high eye, and struggled with delegation. He was a good trainer. He was teaching them how to do everything right, but wasn't great at delegation. And one by one, I watched them float out the door, right? So you have to have realistic expectations. You have to be clear with your expectations. And in a group setting, you have to say, who's responsible for this, right? I have a business execution plan on everybody's wall with job responsibilities. Who's on first? What's on second? What's on top three responsibilities? What is our top three responsibilities as a realtor at the core? What is our number one job responsibility? Generate leads. Lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, right? What's our second? Build a team to cater to the client. Number three? Manage the money, right? So when we have these responsibilities for team, and how how do we measure that at the core? Dashboard, right? Income, taxable, savings, pay log, Lead tracker, greatness tracker, right? There's clear metrics. I have too many things going on, so I have to live on executive summaries. I just need the briefing. I just need the briefing, right? So I need to have metrics. So I have metrics for every job position of the top three responsibilities. To, to list a property, um, to, to get 97 point, I think we're at 97.6% of all listing points we go on. That's our, that's our, that's our goal, right? That's a clear, definable metric, right? One other one that I think is kind of interesting that I always get a lot of pushback with when people come to a site visit. The number one, any, anybody have an idea for the number one job responsibility I have for everyone on my team? RP1, RP2. Uniform. Number one job responsibility of everybody on the team. Get referrals. Service client. Lead gen. Lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. And they're like, they're sales, they're, they're an RP1, they're, they're not in sales. Why, how are they lead gen? If we're doing it right, we're out in the field at least 50 to 60% of the time. We're showing property, we're listing homes, we're doing business meetings, referral partner meetings, networking meetings. When that call comes in, 
And hopefully they're bragging about us. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Lisa got that price. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Lisa got the appraisal in at that price. Oh my gosh, I can't believe she got all the conditions waived. Right? Pattern interrupt. Anytime we get a wow or a thank you on an inbound call, what needs to happen? Ask for the referral. Close for the referral. Reflex muscle. Reflex muscle. Reflex muscle. Thank you for noticing. Lisa and the team loves beating the appraisals, getting the conditions way for great clients just like you. Who are the next two sellers that you know that Lisa should be having a conversation with that can benefit from this success? And the key, shut up. Because the next one who speaks loses. Right? We get nervous, especially the RP1s. They'll, they'll like, they'll start talking through it. Right? You heard Rick screaming when he did a little role play last night. We all talk through the awkward pause. You have to role play this with your team on a daily basis. Right? Thank you for noticing. And it's got to be their words. Scripting never works. At the core, we get a lot of talk about, man, we need a book of scripts. Scripts don't work. Scripts sound canned. Script sounds like scripts. Oh, hold on. Here's it. Oh, oh, let me read this to you. Right? So we need them to have their own words, to feel comfortable. Don't keep us a secret. You know, we just go around the table. We go around the table. We go around the table at our daily team meeting. And just, and in the beginning, they'll laugh and they'll choke and they'll fumble, and that's okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did I tell you last night? Star 72. Right? So it's funny for me, for you guys as agents, right? So we talked about this last night. It's funny for me. We go into an appointment, and what do we do? Put our phone on silent, and then we come out of the appointment, and we listen to 15 messages, and then we call our RP1, and we recite 12 of the 15 to them. It's so inefficient. It's so weird to me. Why would you do that? Call forward your phone for Verizon to star 72, and then your assistant's number. Call forward your phone to your assistant. I don't care. She said, well, I got a brand new assistant. I don't care. They can, I'll guarantee you, they can weed out seven or eight of the 15 items. And if not, you don't have to sit there and listen to the phone number, the time the call came in, and what the message is, and then repeat it to your RP1, right? I'm always looking for ways to be super efficient, right, and not micromanage. And here's the big silver lining in this. That was a great question because here's the silver lining in that. So 15 messages come in. So your RP1 takes 15 messages while you're in a listing or buyer consultation. And she says, hey, I've knocked out seven of them. Two of them are probably wrong numbers or spam calls, right? So I, I she's already 20% winning, saving my, my team, right? And then she'll get down to three or four questions and she'll say, so what do we do about this? Right? The RP1 is asking me, what do we do about this? What do we say? What is, what is our uniform response as a leader? As a trainer? What do you think? Right? Absolutely. I know the answer. Do you? Right? I want two options. I'm, I'm growing. I'm training her. I want her to think. 
I tell you what, you want to stop minimizing distractions? They know when they've got to come to me with an A or a B, they got to think through it. If we don't let them think through it, hey, Jim, what about this? Hey, Jim, I got a question about this. Hey, Jim, how do I do this? Man, I just feel I am the guy. I get to answer all the questions. I am good, right? I don't want to be good. I'm too old to be good, right? I want to be super efficient. I want to get out on the lacrosse field. I want to get out on the basketball court. I want to get out and do what I meant to do in the world, right? And it's I'm growing her as a leader, right? I'm growing her as a problem solver. I'm growing her confidence. I don't have to micromanage her because now she's getting 80% as good as me. So that's the story about call forwarding. I learned from another student how to do that. And so I started doing that with a system that I had for maybe five months. And like, she wasn't quite clicking. It wasn't, she wasn't like awesome. Started forwarding my calls and like her knowledge about real estate like exploded. Cause she was answering questions and like how to find answers. Like, you know, I wasn't available. Um, and if you forward it to that person, they can't call you. So that was also it was like she couldn't get a hold of me. Right. So she had to figure it out. Right. Star 73. I also think a good, oh, go ahead. Seven or you can see it. Seven two, it just forwards. Oh, I didn't even know that. Good to know. Uh, again, call your provider and they'll tell you. Figure it out. My point is there's a better way. Yeah. Right? And Rick also really likes to enforce making sure that you change your voicemails. To let them know that, hey, I'm going to be in appointments. I will be returning calls between this time and this time. So, one, it keeps your crazy seller from, like, calling you repeatedly, wondering where you're at. Because you're telling them, hey, I'm going to be returning calls between 3 and 4 p.m. today. And you, you just need to make sure that you do it at that time. Also, setting the away messages on your email, letting them know, communicating with them hey, I will be getting back to you. I'm in a meeting right now, and I will be back to you between 3 and 4 p.m. So it's all about communication, and that's that's where a lot of these frustrations come from is the lack of communicating and setting expectations. Absolutely. So you want one more hack on that? My RP1 comes in every day. She re-records her real-time voicemail greeting. She records my real-time voicemail greeting. Why do I have to do that? Is that a $500 an hour task? I don't think so, right? Is it my voice? Clearly not, right? Do I care? No. Because more times than not, if she's doing her job, she should be answering my phone anyhow, so nobody's even going to hear it. But if they do, to Lisa's point, I've set a realistic expectation. It's today, May 6th. I'm in appointments. I'm, I'm available returning calls this time to this time. She knows my schedule better than I do. I literally don't know. Somebody just asked me the other day, I know where I'm at. Like, literally, I don't know if this is Miami or Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. Like, it pops up on my phone and says, Pedro is, is the driver. He's outside the door. Like, I, I literally got to an airport where I didn't know where I was. I, it, it's not a high dollar per hour activity, right? I got to be there and do something. I don't need to know how to get there, right? I mean, it's just, I, I'm always thinking about ways to... Like Einstein says, the brain is for processing and not for storage, right? So I just want to be in a problem-solving mode, an opportunity-seeking window, a um, relationship-builder kind of 
thought process, right? So, Lisa, go ahead. Go ahead. And so, Jim, I have a question for you. So, I struggle with nobody knows how to handle my schedule but me, and nobody nobody knows how long it really takes for listing appointments, and they're going to mess it up. And how do I get over that? Because I know that a lot of us, who has a RP1 make all their appointments, all their scheduling? Okay, less than half the room. And I think it's a big struggle for us with our strong D personalities thinking that nobody can handle our schedules the way we can. Yeah. How do we get over that? Yeah, I, I love that. I still hate it. Because I can stack my stuff. I know when I can shove it all in and I'll do, and I'll shove it in. Or when I need to spread it out. And I, you, you have to surrender, right? So the, we, uh, I have a daily touch base and, and this is a, this is another, you must. This is another non-negotiable, right? I have to have, I have acronyms for everything. So it's a TB on my team. I have to have a TB with my RPA, RP1 uh, assistant every day. Touch base, right? Touch base. It's it's before our daily team meeting from 8.30 to 9. It is from 1 to 1.30 when I get back from my lunch appointments, and it's from 5 to 5.30. What from last night weren't you able to solve this morning? What from my morning appointment call times will you not be able to solve that you need my help for? What in the afternoon weren't you able to get done before I get to go home? Do these meetings take 30 minutes, 3.30 minutes a day? Oh. And the better you get with them, the smaller and the quicker they are. But she needs to be able or he needs to be able to count on having that opportunity with you to get the questions answered. Now, I've blocked off that time, so I'm hard-coded in my calendar. I've got 3.30s. I get that done. We're super efficient. We crush whatever needs to be crushed. Now i got 15 to 20 extra minutes of trying to kill that freaking greatness tracker that's trying to kill me, right? I mean, so it's always finding these variable times to be able to do that. Question on having somebody 100% control your calendar. You're in an appointment, your RP1 or RP2 is not there, and you are setting an appointment with them. Or somebody calls you and wants to meet with you. What does that actually look like? They call my assistant to schedule it, or mm-hmm. you just yeah. Have you ever had a high level conversation with a, a higher level executive and, and, and you're closing them for the meeting? Have you ever heard, Hey, can you hang on one second? I'm going to transfer you to Susie Joe and she's going to put you on my calendar. I got a Susie Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me give you another hack for you guys in the transactions. My RP one transaction manager is on the call. I don't need to look up a seller's number. She calls the seller, conferences me in. If it's a call or a Zoom or something, they'll call the seller, conference me in. We'll negotiate the contract, negotiate the home inspection repair, whatever. Finish the call, drop the seller, and then the RP1 repeats back to me what I promised to do. Right? She is my promise keeper. I so Jim, love you, that. Jim, you're going to... Yes, it's so efficient. So, Jim, you said we're going to counter 300. Settlement date's going to be end of September. That's it. No, Sally Joe. 
and I promise we're going to reduce the credit from 7,500 to six. Oh, that's right. That's right. Great. Anything else? Nope. Can I send a DocuSign? Yes. Because I've delegated DocuSign with her three times, four times. I'm good. So sound good? How quick is that? Like I just did a contract negotiation in five minutes and it's already out the door getting signed. How many more of those can I, that's why I get more of those done in a day than you guys, right? So how, I'm just trying to think of the practicality because we, we use cell phones quite a bit in our office. I don't even have like a landline at this point. Is, is that what you're using, like a landline sort of thing where they're on that conference call or is there a way to do that with cell phones? Are you making fun of me? Do you think I'm that old? I'm still on a landline. <laughs> Maybe Lisa might be able to answer that. I don't know. I have a, get this, I have a VoIP phone system, voice over internet protocol. So my phone system is an app on my phone, on my computer, on my iPad. It is a combination inner office messenger. I can receive faxes, texts, and calls all on this line. Ring central. It's like 35, 36 bucks a line. My assistant can see that. My assistant, Sally Joe, she's really not Sally Joe, she can respond to texts on my behalf. Keeping things moving forward. So back to the original point about appointments. Two, because I want to close on this. So my TV, we've agreed. I usually have hard blocks. Call time. I, I, I have to crush my calls in the morning so I can do my appointments in the afternoon. And I learned, this was a mistake I learned, gosh, 20 years ago, right? I'm a morning guy. I, I did construction, so I was down the road at 4.15 in the morning. I was the only guy in the office before 5 a.m. for many a year. And I would always get my broker partner meeting or my building partner meeting or my investor partner meeting uh, or my admin meetings in first thing in the morning. Because if we don't get important things done first thing in the morning, what happens? The day gets away and it never happens, right? And I'm like, crap, I did my time study like Lisa taught me. And I'm looking at it. Four of those five meetings are what I call red time meetings. Yeah, they got to happen, but they are not making me money. So why am I giving up the best time of me in the day? First thing in the morning, caffeine's kicking. I'm ready to go. I need to be overcoming objections that freaking greatness tracker, right? You guys got five days to fill that thing. I got three and a half. Thursdays is totally committed to you guys for Lisa and I, right? We do coaching calls. I do extra calls. I do my team production meeting. I do my off week calls. Thursday is for you guys. I don't get that on my greatness tracker, right? Fridays, I want to be out having a little bit of fun, doing a milk route, go see uh, referral partners, business partners, things like that. I got to kill that greatness tracker in three days, three and a half days. Friday is my catch-up day. I'm needing, I, I need 40 conversations on Monday. It's, people keep saying, how do you get through the greatness tracker? Get it done early in the week. It is another non-negotiable for us, right? We have got to kill it early in the week, trying to get 40 conversations done Monday. Closing for appointments in the afternoon. So I have appointment times that she can book on my calendar. Somebody else on the team needs me. They can't book me. They have to book through her. 
right? So a couple things there. Lisa, on delegation, ever had a problem giving too much, too many things, everything's urgent? Oh, yes. Uh, yes to all of those. And I think my biggest problem is that I didn't know how to delegate. So I would say, hey, Jim, can you, um, I need this CMA done for Mr. Smith. And that's how I would ask you to do it. When, when, when do you need that, Lisa? Well, that's what I would not do. And so when I ask you that, in my mind, I'm saying I want this like right now. But I didn't tell you that. And when you don't give it to me in 30 minutes, I'm really frustrated. And sometimes as team leaders, we expect that our RP1s are mind readers, and they're not. And we have to be real cognizant of of them and how we communicate with them. And a lot of the problems with delegation comes from not having clear, concise definite or um, clear, concise direction. And um, an expectation and timeline. Exactly. I mean, well, what questions do we have to cover when you're delegating? We need to cover who needs to do it, how it needs to be done, what needs to be done, why it needs to be done, and how. And, and what's the most important? Like when? When. That's a huge problem. When. And we, we're problem solvers, right? So we know it's common sense to us where you can't do this before this, so you have to do this. Like we know that. And we assume they know that, right? So anybody ever guilty? Like, again, clear, open, honest communication in my shop. Sally Joe, Jim. You just gave me the CMA that you need ASAP. But you gave me four projects yesterday that you said have to be done first thing this morning. This morning at our TB meeting, you gave me three more things that are urgent. And now you just sent me a CMA that is ASAP. Help me help you. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's kind of true. Right. So to Lisa's point, we have to help them prioritize what we need and and be cognizant of that. When you keep dumping and keep throwing and keep throwing, help them understand. Or sometimes if I don't think somebody's a great time manager in a support role, I'll I'll throw something to them and say, hey, what else are you working on? Where does this fit? I just kind of want to hear. I'm growing them, right? Again, I want to hear how they are under, or we aligned, like Lisa said, are they reading my mind? Are we aligned on what we think is most urgent in a common sense flow, right? And I mean, let's be real. Human nature is a real thing. So what happens? Do they go clean the sink like me? Like, do they put the, 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 the tasks that they like the least at the end just because I've given them that latitude to do that? And that, and, and, and that, that's real. And that's fair and that's honest and we need to know that. So we need to help them reprioritize that. Right? And, and help them. So I think what happens with all, my team anyway is what I realized what happened, but I was giving them too much because I wasn't communicating with them clearly and often enough. 
was that unlike your Sally Joe who said, hey, Jim, which one do you want me to do because you gave me this, this, and this, and this, it just kept weighing on them. And they never said anything to me. And so frustration kept building. And when you have frustration that keeps building, what's going to happen? We're going to have more turnover. You're going to have a team that's in constant chaos because you don't know how to delegate and communicate properly. And um, so important. Absolutely. So, look, real quick, because I want to get around the table, and I, I want to make sure, because time's going to start creeping up on us. I want you to go around the table, and this is a literally like a Rick Ruby, don't over-talk through it. Delegate, per, person beside you, delegate a small responsibility. Delegate a small responsibility, and then that person has to say, was that clearly understood to Lisa's criteria? Who, what, when, why, and how? Real quick. Like 90 seconds. Sounds like a whole lot of confusion out there. I'm not sure things were clearly communicated with who, what, when, why, and how. All right, let's go ahead and bring it back. By a show of hands, no judgment. This is a this is a safe room. By a show of hands, how many people were clearly communicated a task with who, what, when, why, and how? That's pretty good. That's very impressive. Yeah. For a group of high eyes, that's yeah. really good. Very you guys must be core. You must, must be a lot of level threes out here, right? Nice. So one of the big things to have that success, TB, is the daily team meeting. So Lisa's going to tell you a little bit about what they do on their team to touch base on a daily basis and what that what that meeting looks like. Who all is doing a daily team meeting every single day? They're so important because we need to be in constant communication. And it took me a long time before I um, put it into our processes, but when I did, it was a game changer. So if you're not doing it, you need to make sure to do it. So we go over, currently, as we go over everything in the pipeline, we go over who needs to be doing what. And we're very specific about, well, now we're very specific about who needs to do it and how it needs to be done and when it needs to be done by and why we need to do it, too, because that helps them realize why they're doing what they're doing. What about you, Jim? How do you do it? So for us... I think it begins with understanding who our team is, right? I do a lot with personality profiles, dispersonalities. The majority, 65% of the nation, the world, is S-type personalities, right? They S. They are not risk takers. They are checklist driven. They love working with a set of rules. Um, they want a voice in the conversation. They're not motivated by money. Right, good, good, good. They're they're motivated by add a boy, add a girl, job well done, praise, right? But they do want a voice in a conversation. So eleven of my twelve are high S. And I think you'll find bigger teams, the majority of support type roles are are are, are S type personalities. So having that said, they don't really care how much we know until they know how much we care, right? 
That's how I start my meetings. Hey, Ben, how's it going, buddy? Did you go out on that hot date last night? Had to go? Like, yeah, looking good, huh? Hey, Brian had to go. Had, did, you, did you do that new yoga workout, right? Adam, Adam, did you get the Peloton in today? Huh? Is it done? Right? Did you, yeah, you're looking good, but looking kind of buff, right? Love, love, love. This stuff's all going to come out the water cooler anyhow, right? Let's go ahead and get it out, right? I do care. It's a harder for me to care. I do care. It's just harder for me to care, right? I got an agenda, so I know it's my top line, so I got to do that, right? So I got to love, love, love on the team. Um, Jim, do you do love languages? Do you know your team's love languages? I don't. I don't know why. I just, I don't. So what I did a couple years ago was I made everybody on my team do a love language test. And on their desk, they have what their love language is. Because mine was words of affirmation. And then I, well, I like gifting too. So I would always gift people stuff. Well, then I learned that my team, they are quality time people. And that's not my love language whatsoever. And so I would be giving them gifts. And that's not what they wanted. They just wanted time with me. And so it's really important to make sure we know what makes our team happy or how can we reward our team when they're doing a great job with handling the tasks that we're giving them. Yeah, yeah. well said. You, you guys can see how important that is. That That's a big deal. Um, I delegated that, right? So my wife is our chief relationship officer. She does all the love. She does all the culture stuff. She does all the events, the teams, our celebration things, things like that. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's super important to see how they hear, right? I mean, we, we've got to be able to work those buttons as far as that's concerned. So I love, love, love. Make sure they know I care. All right. In, in, in all fairness, it, it, it's sad but true. And John Maxwell wrote about this in the 26 Irrefutable Leadership Lessons or whatever. Um, this is a common problem for high Ds or CEOs, Right. And they said the cheat for that, the hack for that, is to put an L in the top, not for loser. Look. Listen, listen, listen. I'm sorry. Listen, listen, listen. I got it. No, no, the first L, the first L is listen, right? So it's much harder for me to drive through this when I'm looking straight at Ben asking this, like, I can't really move on to the next thing if I'm making eye contact. It's here a little bit, but I'm here, right? And then Kim called me out again. My RP1 said, Jim, you're doing it again. I'm like, gosh, dang it. I'm flipping through Maxwell. There's a second L. It's look and listen, right? Because, I, you know, I, I just got moving around when I'm listening I, you know, I'm moving on to the next thing. I'm hearing other things. But if I look and listen, and this was CEOs having a nice typed out agenda like me. And then there's two L's in the up corner. And it probably is, it's look. I mean, it's listen and look. It's probably don't be a loser, right? That's really insensitive and sad, but I got a tight schedule, man. I got to go, right? It's sad. It's embarrassing. So then I go around the room. I, I my, my boardroom is set up in a horseshoe. Ben, what do you need from me today to get your job done? Right? You know your top three responsibilities, your top three metrics. Anything you need from me. Right? Brian. Right? Seek first to understand. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm a servant leader. Help me help you. 
You know what the job is. I know what the job is. What do you need for me to get it done? I'm listening. I'm looking for some things. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Hey, Ben, did, didn't you say you're still, you're still having problems with that home inspection, right? Yeah, you, you didn't mention that. Like, I mean, I'm not quite this blunt, a little bit sometimes, if I'm irritated, right? <laughs> but I mean, these are things you want to be calling out. Like, so we need to go through, it's big rock stuff. It's not the micromanage stuff, it's not the little stuff. So the daily team meeting to Lisa's point is critical. It sets the tone for the day. It flushes out the distractions in the day. And it helps us not assume they're reading our minds and we're all operating on the same sheet of music. Right? I got a couple metrics I chased down too. Real quick, Jim. I loved how you said look and listen. Because my style of leadership is more look and tell. I tell you. I tell you, but I'm not listening the way I should. I think it's very, very powerful, and I think you all should write that down because I think we can all do a better job of being better listeners to our teams, to our clients, to everybody around us. Hey, guys, I'm 34 years of marriage, trying to get to 35, and I'm still working really hard on this look and listen, look and listen, look and listen. So it's a transferable skill, right, both ways, so we need to be able to do that. Yes. Quick question on the daily meeting. Do you guys ever have one of your RP1 teammates kind of run the meeting so you kind of pass the ball? That's great. I love that. We do that on some role plays, some overcoming objections. I have like I have one 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 lady who's like literally the best I've ever had. She helps me with listings, and she's the only one who does that. I usually only have one at a time that does that, and I've had four in the last thirty years that have done that. I usually burn them out. But there, it's a nice way for them to overcome objections, role-playing with either the showing assistants or the buyer agents. So my RP1, my 22-year RP1, came back from team training, which is what we teach them to do, and she kicked me out of the meeting and said, I got this, because that's what we send them home to do, is to tell you to go make money, and I've run the team. And that just didn't work so well. It, it worked for a little bit. She's kind of good, but... You need to know. I don't, but it wasn't getting done the way I need to get it done, right? I don't really care. I just need it done. I need to, somebody said, I just need the boxes checked, right? I, I, I'm a, I'm a net guy. I'm an executive summary kind of guy. That, that's my bullets, right? Um, what, how many settlements do we have for the month? How many, uh, new leads do we have? How many, C, uh, this is, and if you've coached for me, how many CCRs do you have for the year, right? How many sphere of, uh, of, of influence transactions do you have? Um, how many unconverted leads to be? Do we need to be? Do I need to step in and help? Be the be the you know you know that's a, a top responsibility for us. Any leads that the team can't convert and close for appointments before I go home at the end of the day, I got I got to call those right and get them in. How many? And then our metric or or, or how are we winning? What are they calling it now? Vitals. One, one of the RP1s came and she said, that's our vitals. I'm like, I love that. That is true. It's the lifeblood of our business. It's our vitals. So I got to work that into my, my memory. Um, how many new listings do we have signed? How many buyer brokerage agreements do we have? And how many contracts do we have signed? So that we know that we're getting it all done. And the first Tuesday of every month, we look at the previous month. What did we do well? What did we not do so well? And where's an area of opportunity for growth? How do I define, how, how do Lisa and I define how we did well? Right? We all talk this great leadership stuff, 
What's the metric? For me, it's a review. Right? Did, did we get, did they take the time to do a review? Did they rate me? And then did they go one step further and we have links to go to Google and Facebook and, and actually post a hard review? That, that's a great barometer. That's a measure. And what's the ultimate? What's the ultimate barometer of whether or not we did a good job or not? CCR. Don't we all need to be doubling our business? For free. For free. The focus has to be earning one CCR every transaction. So the whole team has got to have that mission. Did we hit our celebration number? I want it to be 20, but it's really 18. If we hit 18, we go do something cool. I give you money. I give you things. We go celebrate. I should learn the love languages. Oh, it's it's a question. Yeah. Hey, how did we do last month? Somebody somebody will go around and spit out these like, vitals. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and and that's a really good point because we as leaders we know more about the transactions than they do. We need to help them understand. Anytime in my shop, I've had a problem or heard of a problem. We've implemented a system so it doesn't happen again. Then you can get way out of control, way too many systems. So a great leader needs to define, was that an exception, right? If it's kind of a mainstay thing, hey, this didn't work well, or this got frustrated, or here's a bumpy thing, can we fix it, but should we fix it, right? Because policy or policy or rules or new systems for exceptions to the norm is bad policy, right? So we don't change the script. Training new people or RP1s that are on the roll path, we have checklists for everything. They are to red sharpie. I corrected them or the RP1 corrected them or told somebody to do something that wasn't on the checklist. And they're like, well, you said to do this, but it's not here. Great, write it in with the red sharpie. Once a week at the end of the month, or not the end of the month, at the end of the week, I think it's one thirty on Fridays, we have a quick... Hey, where's the, where do we need to review the checklist? And we do just that. Any new red sharpies, and we'll define whether that. I'm, I'm almost thirty years in. There's not too many new wrinkles, but things are shifting. Things are changing, right? And if you don't adapt, you'll die. So I think we always need to be revolving. I also think it's important to have one-on-one meetings with your folks because a lot of times we forget to schedule time for our team members and give them a safe place to be able to talk to us to talk through any situations that they're having problems with. And that was part of our downfall was that we took the whole month of January off from going to the office. So we lost those team meetings. And that's when things started to spiral out of control was when I wasn't in that constant communication with them, having, giving them that one-on-one time to communicate. Um, yeah. Go, Ben. Oh, I had a question about if, if I could hear yeah. from um, – I, I just wanted to hear from Jim and Lisa – uh, just an example of like RP1 and their top three responsibilities for you and RP2 and their top three responsibilities. What do they understand um, for each of your teams? Nice. So, again, for me, all RP1, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, and then depending upon which role they're in, it's all a little bit different. So if they're a listing coordinator, it's processed from listing to contract or contract to close. Um, if they're a transaction coordinator, it would be contract to close. If it's my EA assistant, it's basically managing me. 
It's managing my calendar and my phone. And it's how to, and the barometer for that is that I'm only, I only have to deal with one hour a day of stuff. Like between the operations I'm in, I, I get about 250 emails a day. My system for how the team, I don't handle that, right? I mean, that's just me. That's not my team. Like that's just me. Core, brokerage, lacrosse, basketball, like it's a lot. And out of that 250 a day, they strip it down to about 25. And they she'll start, Sally Joe will start email drafts for me. And depending on, and she, once we go through, we use Visio line diagrams to try to understand which operations is what. So she knows the player. She knows kind of who she's responding to. And then she'll extract, like if I have 20 some emails, she'll put a note on my to-do list. We use, we use Microsoft OneNote. It's just a virtual, it's like Evernote. It's just a virtual notepad of to-dos just so I can kind of glance what I have waiting for me and waiting to get done. If it's my lacrosse guys, I don't say this. I don't know why she does it, but she'll write, Hey dude, you know, uh, you know, we're gonna, I'll, I'll see you out there at four o'clock today. But, you know, but she knows her audience. So some people I gotta be super buttoned up and I guess, Hey dudes, I don't have to be. So there's but, a great detailed outline yeah. of how they manage Jim's email on pages 232 to 234. Very, very detailed info on how they take care of his email. And he is the best at email delegation. Thank you. And look, so Lisa called this out earlier. When we're delegating, um, I, I think they also need to understand, for us, I'm acronyms for everything. Like, we literally call them gymisms. Um, you'll hear, if you're ever in my shop, you hear F-U, 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 right? Got F-U for everything? There has to be an F-U on everything, right? Follow up. Wow. Where are your minds going? Shame on you, right? But somebody asked about a, a file. Somebody asked about a, a, a transaction file. So my office, I'm in a corner office here, and it's kind of in the dirt. It's not fancy. I'm not in a big fancy corner office. I give my good producers that. So, But my RP1 is here. I literally can't get out of the building without passing her office. Nobody can get into my office with passing her. She is literally my gate guard. In the building I built, they literally physically had to walk through. My office was through her office, so that was awesome. This building, I couldn't do that. Um, she hands me the file. She hands me who I'm going, where I'm going. It's on my GPS. I get in my car. I push the button. It says where I go. I drive. I do it. I come back. I write the notes. F you. Next week, send the listing agreement, do whatever. I can't go back into my office without giving her the file. I was a master of piles, man. I could tell you right, like right there where the, where the Jones file was. I was very efficient at it, but that's just very inefficient and it's not very team, right? So that's, that's how we would process to make sure things uh, were done. And then when I'm handing off the notes or the files, it would be A, B, or C. A tasks, whether on a to-do list, on a file, have to, have to, be completed by end of day, non-negotiable. B, this week. C, well, we, we, we bounce back and forth. I think we're right now at B is 48 hours and C is this week. For me, it was, and choose, choose what works for you. A, A is a non-negotiable, close a business without fail. B is the week and C is like, I kind of know, I got, I got to know it somewhere. So just, it's on a list, right? 
I take, I'll, I'll come back with 130 notes. They've got to go in a C category, so I feel like I've got them, but we're not working on them systematically. I love um, the A, B, and C. That's a great tactic. Cool. So, look, guys, we've got. I'm, I'm, we're going to Lisa and I are going to finish taking questions. If you would be so kind as to either go to 337 um, and and review the class, or you have it for you high techies as a QR code on the back of your tag. Um, if for any reason Lisa and I didn't give you at least one or two or three great nuggets that'll save you a little time, maybe make you a little money. If we haven't earned a five, please stop us at the door and let us know what we can do to earn that five in the future. And other than that, we got about three minutes for open Q and A. Tyler. The, the TV touch base, the pre items that you go through, I got what did we solve from yesterday, what appointments do we need to schedule that we couldn't yesterday and then those are TB is what does she need from me? Straight up, like what you know, what 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 problem couldn't you solve? What what do you need from me? Yeah, it's actually there was a daily checklist in the in the uh, in the handout um, in the book. You'll see that as well. That there's probably three or four different meeting agendas that you can find which which fits your flow the best, right? The concierge also has one too. Yes. Star seventy two. You let that phone go to your assistant, and you have a client intake form. You have a client intake form. They take all the information that you would everything you do can be transferred to a system or a process. So is your cell phone on everything? What's on your signs? What's your sign numbers and what are people giving out? Yeah. It's your cell phone. That's your problem right there. So get a Google voice number, get a different one so they can have a business line to be calling so they're not blowing you up while you're in these meetings. So they have a business number. Oh, I know exactly what y'all are talking about. So I just went through this about two months ago, and I kept the number that I had on all my signs because I've had clients for 16 years who have that number. Yeah. I got a new Google Voice number. I got new signs, new business cards. My number's there. And so now I can transfer it to my RP1s, the business number. So if they do call that, it will go straight to my RP1s. Or I can answer it also. But it's not... It's when they call in, it should go directly to an RP1, not to you. And then they can set an appointment to talk with you. So you won't have that constant bothering you while you're in appointments. You can also port that phone number into a regular phone system. You don't need yeah, to be. You actually can. How, how many times, how many times do you guys get the question? Hey, well, is that, that listing still person. available? I got the number for Because I was scared. I was fearful that my past clients would be calling in and not being able to get to me, and I would lose them to maybe something else. So that's why I kept that number and created a whole new business number. And nobody knows the difference. And to Lisa's point, you make an intake. We have intake forms. Literally, it's the same process that we go through for qualifying a, 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 a caller. You know, everything that we do or say, you can document it into a simple Q&A for your RP1s. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 and I try and have a buffer in between. So I had that conversation with my RP1 about, hey, this is a little too tight or I, I need a bathroom break in there or whatever. To the point, she got super good. And she was young. She was 22. Um, we, we went virtual and during COVID and she called my wife and she said, Cheryl, she said, Jim's got six hours of meet, Zoom meetings today. Like, I've got a couple breaks in between, but basically he's six hours. I think he should probably have a high-protein breakfast. <laughs> My wife's like, oh, no, she didn't. So, you know, I mean, so they need to really be in flow. Like, she's, she'll schedule me breaks. She'll she'll get food. She, they would run in and throw. They I train her food. They would throw that in the microwave. So I think you do. So if you guys didn't hear that, the question was, how do you handle, how many appointments can you do a day? Um, like, if they're booking you two, three, four, five, I mean, that gets to be a lot. You got And you got to incorporate travel time. You got to incorporate um, time of day, right? And what's, what's most important about any of that? They have to confirm the appointment the day before. Because what is worse than being on the wrong side of town for a 5 o'clock afternoon appointment and, and they canceled and you never knew it and literally you've lost two and a half, three hours of, of, of family time, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, we want to be super respectful of your time. So enjoy what's left of your day. You've been listening to the Core Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at thecoretraining.com.